And Park Commission, could the Secretary please call the roll? Commissioner Buell? Here. Commissioner Anderson? Here. Commissioner Griffin? Here. Commissioner Halsey? Here. Commissioner Jupiter Jones? Here. Commissioner Louie? Here. Commissioner Mazzola? Here. This is the Recreation and Park Commission meeting of October 20th, 2022. The San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ramatish Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to Mother Earth. As the indigenous protectors of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As stewards of parkland, we recognize our duty to honor the Ohlone through thoughtful and informed preservation and interpretation of ancestral land. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community. Good morning and welcome to the Recreation and Park Commission and welcome to all of our guests today. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall Room 416 with options to join and provide public comment remotely as well. We ask that you please turn off electronic devices and take any secondary conversations outside in order for the meeting to proceed as efficiently as possible. We ask listeners to turn down your televisions and or computers while listening on the phone. We ask for your patience if we experience any technical issues. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Unless otherwise announced by the president, each person will have two minutes for public comment on each item. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available both in person in City Hall, room 416, and via phone. For those who would like to join the meeting remotely, you can watch the meeting live on SFGov TV. You may also provide public comment via phone by calling 415-655-0001 using today's access code 2491-337-9242. When you hear the agenda item you would like to comment on called, dial star 3 to be added to the queue to speak. You will be lined up in the system in the order you dial star 3. The system will notify you when you are in line and waiting, during which time the system will be silent. All callers will remain on mute until their line is open. Everyone must account for time delays and speaking discrepancies between live coverage and streaming. Please address your comments to the Commission during public comment on items. In order to allow equal time for all, neither the Commission nor staff will respond to any questions during public comment. The Commission may ask questions of staff after public comment is closed. If there is an item of interest to you that is not on the agenda and is under the subject matter jurisdiction of the Commission, you may speak under general public comment. And that is item 5 today and will also be continued to item 9. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways, by emailing recpark.commission at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be included in the legislative file as part of the matter. Written comments may also be sent via the Postal Service to San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission, 501 Stanion Street, San Francisco, California, 94117. The following are short announcements for those of you joining us in person. If the fire alarms activate, you must evacuate the building in an orderly fashion using any exit. Please note that elevators will immediately return to the first floor and are not available for use. If you need assistance out of the building, please make your way to the closest area of re refuge, which is directly across the hall in the restroom. Inside the restroom is a speaker box. Press it and City Hall Security will answer. Please note that this commission meeting is recorded and will be available for later viewing on sfgovtv.org. We are now on item two, President's Report. 
Thank you very much. Uh, we have some distinguished visitors today uh, in a couple of different items, so let me begin by welcoming the Tatsuyama Stonemasons who are here in San Francisco uh, visiting from Takasago, Japan. With us today, we have several volunteers, including masons, a designer, and a translator, as well as members of the Hoichi uh, Kurisu team, who are here supporting the masons and who coordinated the stone donation for the project. The team of stonemasons stone are here to install the Tatsuyama stone on the base of the pagoda in the San Francisco Japanese Tea Garden. At this point, let me ask Abigail Mayer if she'd like to come up and say a few words. I hope I didn't surprise her with that invitation. <laughs> Thank you, President Buell. Thank you, Commissioners and General Manager Madlin. Um, thank you for hosting the Masons from Japan and Hoichi Kurisu and his team. I think President Buell, you covered it. They're here to install these beautiful special stones from a quarry in Japan. And it has so far been just a beautiful opportunity to connect with them and to have this cultural exchange here in San Francisco. Um, so we're excited that they get to visit the commission today. They were just outside visiting Civic Center Plaza um, and after today's meeting, they're going to take a tour of Japantown. So thank you so much. Thank you, Abigail. So we want to thank you from traveling all the way from Japan, and as such, the commission and the department would like to present you with this certificate of recognition, which I will now read. In recognition of the uh, uh, Nohorira and the team of stonemasons, from Tatsuyama Quarry, traveling from Takasago, Japan, to install the Tatsuyama stone as at the base of the pagoda in San Francisco, Japanese tea garden in Golden Gate Park. For 140 years, the Matsushita stonemasons have honed their craft in cutting the stone of kings as it was celebrated in the architecture of temples, shrines, and castles. For your commitment and collaboration to sharing the history and craft of the stone, the City and County San Francisco's Recreation and Park Commission extends its highest commendation and honor. And now I would like to invite representatives to speak, if you would like. Do we have anyone that would like to speak on behalf of the stonemasons? If not, I'm going to give you a certificate. <laughs> I'll present you with this. Maybe we'll get a photo.
Sarah. Now that they're really <laughs> Okay, um, I'm Kyoko Shinohara. Um, I'm from Oregon, and my husband is working for Chris. So that is a kind of start, kind of connecting <laughs> the Tatsuyama Stone and Oichi. And I'm so happy I could connect uh, city of San Francisco and like a Tatsuyama Stone to bring here. So I'm be honored to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. I'm Hoichi Krisu, the designer of the place. I was invited to the United States White House twice, but this is the third time. It's more excited. <laughs> I, I don't know what I say, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, really this uh, Tatsuyama stone is a uh, 1700 years ago, is used for the emperor, is a nation. That stone, base of the pagoda, base of the San Francisco, one of the place, is uh, echoing to peace and harmony. I hope to that not only the San Francisco's people, visitors, all global base. Actually, that place is a place to feel harmony. All human being is one. That's my mission. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So now we have the Bay Sox girls baseball team. So I would like to welcome some of the coaches and players of the Bay Sox girls baseball program to City Hall. Thanks to Commissioner Annie Jupiter-Jones for being a champion of women and girls in sports and for including you in our meeting today. So I'd like to pass this off to Commissioner Jupiter-Jones to introduce the Bay Sox. Thank you, President Buell. I'm so excited to share this amazing program with my fellow commissioners. Um, welcome, Bay Sox. Um, I think you can see how much baseball matters to girls in San Francisco by how many of them are here on a school day. Not that we encourage, you know, that school is just as important, but baseball is pretty important. So it's my honor. I have an official resolution 
to present the Bay Sox, but just on a personal note, I just want to highlight a few things that, so the Bay Sox are currently the only publicly funded girls baseball program in the country, maybe even in the world that I'm not sure about. And the reason why that matters so much is that, you know, this is a movement. Girls have been historically excluded from this sport. And on behalf of our players, I want to make sure we all understand that baseball is not the same as softball, right? They're two different sports. We live in San Francisco. This generation of kids has watched the Giants win three World Series in five years. These kids want to play baseball. And the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department has made an authentic, strong investment in supporting these girls. And so what we get, the results of that investment, is there are more girls than ever playing on their middle school and high school teams in San Francisco. This, we just finished our middle school baseball season, and I think they were like 12, more than 12 girls on the field. I've never seen so many girls playing. My, I'm, the, I'm the mother of three girls who play baseball, and my oldest two, they were always the only girl on the field. And as we all know, baseball is a sport of confidence. You have to believe in yourself. You have to have you know, confidence when you're up there or you're not going to succeed. So now imagine what these girls get to feel like when they're up to bat or they're pitching and they know that the entire city believes in them and wants to see them on the field. So I just really need to express my gratitude for the entire department, for Phil, our, our fearless leader, Phil Ginsburg, who believed in this program from the beginning and has made sure that it is, a, it is here and it's going to be here forever. Our amazing coaches who are out there braving the frozen tundra known as Crocker Amazon playground year round, making sure that any girl who wants to play ball has a safe, supportive place to do it. Even if they come and they find out they don't like it, that's fine. At least they got they had a shot. How many young boys got to try it out and didn't stick with it, right? Um, and all of the Rec and Park staff, shout out to Linda Bernard, who's here, who was there from the beginning, Jimmy Chin. Um, you'll hear our coaches Hondro and Manny Blackwell, who without this, it couldn't, it couldn't happen. Um, yeah, give it up. They deserve it. So the last thing I'll say is to these players. Um, I think none of us, me included, have any idea how really hard it is to be a girl who wants to play baseball. Again, we, it's, it can be lonely. It can be isolating. You're constantly told this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You should be playing softball. Um, but these girls every day just exhibit such a strength and courage beyond their young years, right? And so they really are an example. To, and now any girl in San Francisco knows that they can play ball, that they're welcome here. Um, so Baseball for All, which is a big national um, girls baseball organization, the founder of that organization, Dr. Justine Siegel, as her favorite quote to say is that if you tell a girl she can't play baseball, what else is she going to think that she can't do? So I'm very proud to announce that in San Francisco, all girls, regardless of income, regardless of baseball experience, regardless of neighborhood, any, they all know that they can do anything in this city. Here, here. So thank you all for your support. And if all, how about, so I have this really fancy resolution to read to y'all. So why don't, can all the players and the coaches come and stand up here so I can read this to you properly and you guys get the celebration you deserve. We also have the best um, uniforms. I love the uniforms. <laughs> the best swag. <laughs> come on up.
And this is just a small sampling of how many BASOCs are, are out there in the city representing. All right, ready folks? So on behalf of the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department, whereas a project of the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department, the San Francisco Bay Sox Girls Baseball Program is the largest public girls baseball program currently operating in the US, and whereas founded in 2015 by former women's baseball players Rochelle Rocky Henley and Alex Oglesby with the desire to field one all-girls team to represent San Francisco in the inaugural Baseball for All National Girls Baseball Tournament. The Bay Sox program has grown to provide year-long developmental teams and training and higher-level travel teams for girls ages 6 to 18. And whereas since, since its inception in 2015, the Bay Sox has expanded from one team serving 12 girls to now serving over 120 girls annually in their quest to show the world just how much the game of baseball needs women and girls. And whereas the Bay Sox program aims to provide female players with the same opportunities that are traditionally offered to their male counterparts, and whereas the philosophy of the Bay Sox, pro Bay Sox baseball program is to provide an inclusive safe space for the development of female baseball players, the Bay Sox program will develop competitive baseball players that can confidently try out and play for any baseball team they choose, excuse me, and whereas the base ops have participated in every baseball for all national girls baseball tournament since its inception in 2016, and since the base ops program began, 12 of their players have gone on to play on their high school baseball teams, both JV and varsity. And whereas while the Bay Sox are the recipients of numerous sportsmanship recognitions and awards, their crowning achievement is undoubtedly that in 2022 there is an unprecedented record number of girls playing on San Francisco middle school baseball teams, many of them here today, with the vast majority of these players being Bay Sox participants. Now, therefore, it be resolved that the members of the Recreation and Parks Commission on behalf of the employees and citizens of the city of San Francisco do hereby gratefully recognize the San Francisco Bay Sox girls baseball pro program for its contributions to the city and do express great appreciation for the incredible dedication, passion, and commitment of the staff, coaches, team members, and families, all which has significantly elevated the quality of life for all San Franciscans. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to hand this um, to you, Mr. Blackwell, to hang in your office. And I think we have a couple of uh, representatives that want to speak. Great. And then we'll get a picture with Commissioner Jupiter Jones with that fancy resolution. Yes. Uh, hello. My name is Simone Velagarrelio. I'm 13, and I've been part of the Bay Sox for the past four years. Thank you so much to Rec and Park and the commissioners for letting the Bay Sox program expand and giving girls the opportunity to play baseball. Being able to play with the Bay Sox has given me a supportive community on and off the field, and I'm so appreciative for that. I'm so proud to be able to represent the Bay Sox. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Hi. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to all Samsua Rec and Park commissioners for this opportunity to come out here and, and uh, appreciate all the work these hard girls are doing. 
Uh, second, thank you to all the Rec and Park staff, especially my main man, Manny Blackwell. That man's a gem, I'll tell you that much. Um, but I also want to acknowledge the parents for bringing their girls to every practice, their parents for letting their children know that they can do something that most people say they shouldn't be doing. So thank you very much to our parents. Thank you. I appreciate you all. And I mean, I just want to appreciate the opportunity that we have to share this passion with our daughters and our sisters and the little sisters. And I just want to make sure that you see the work that they put in. We have a belief that's head, heart, and hustle. You have to have the head on straight, know what's going on in the game. You have to have a heart where you believe in not just yourself, but your teammates, no matter what the score is. If you're down by 10 or up by 10, you got to believe you always have a chance and that you hustle. That means not just running on and off the field. You're practicing on the side. You're doing extra work. You're studying the game. And I believe those type of skills that we try to impact on these girls are not just good for baseball, but they're good for life. And, you know, I know the Giants were a 500 team this year, so maybe you know we got some kids in the pipeline that they could use <laughs> to maybe put them over the top. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of those things where if you see her, you can be her. And one of our big beliefs is that at one point, the, the guys can step away from coaching and the girls will take over. And that is our belief, is that these young women have all the knowledge and talent to achieve at a high level as long as they're given the opportunities. And I think that is one thing that I want to just appreciate is the opportunity to present this program, the opportunity to share this passion that I think we all at some point believed we were going to be a major leaguer. Um, and I want these girls to have that same dream. So thank you all very much. And big shout out to Linda. Thank you for coming and believing in the program in the beginning. All right. And to all of you, we're going to have more teams. We start with one. We have four. There's going to be a whole lot more. So just thank you very much. More coaches. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Commissioner Hallisty, uh, did you want to say something? I do. Um, you know, a, a, a shout out again to the coaches and the parents, because without the organizers, these programs don't happen. All right. We're always going to have kids, but they need the guidance. They need the coaching. So a salute to Commissioner Jupiter Jones. I've known Manny Blackwell for over 20 years uh, from the SFYBL days when he was at Richmond Playground. Hondro was a great player at Lowell High School here in the city. Now I have one question for all you players though. 12 varsity players now in high school have come out of this program. I want a show of hands. Which of you is gonna be the first college female baseball player? Anybody? Okay, there we go. All right. Go. All right. Uh, congratulations to all of you, coaches, parents, uh, organizers, and you players. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thanks, Commissioner. Commissioner Louie. I just want to say you have the best mentor for this program, our Commissioner Annie Jupiter Jones. I mean, we've on, I've only known you for a year, but this is definitely gender equality. Uh, piece in their recreation. So, Annie, give us a schedule of when the team plays, and I think, you know, we can come out and watch and, and root for you guys. Good job. Thank you. Enjoy. Let's get a photo with that resolution. Sure, all commissioners who want to be associated with this fine work show up for the photo. 
Two. Continuation of remote meetings? No. Okay. But that's on Ashley. We'll get it done. Thank you for doing this, Annie. So let me make an announcement that all of you fine baseball players and our distinguished stonemasons from Japan do not have to sit through the rest of this meeting. You would not find it anywhere near as exciting as the work you're doing. Yeah. Ashley, I can't get in here and ask to speak. Andro has a, we have a gift for you. Oh, good, okay. Yeah, I'm sure all you kids are, are anxious to get back to school, right. so. Uh, Especially you, Rio, go back to school, please. Thank go, you all for being to, here. Uh, Thank you, Bay Sox. Dismiss yourselves, and, and you don't have to hang out. <laughs> and thank you to the uh, Tatsuyama stonemasons. Dome uh, arigato. Thank you, Sarah. Is this one broken? speak and I couldn't do it last time. Okay. You're so welcome. Thank you so yeah. much. Nice yeah. to see you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll try and take a look. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So yeah, we'll get to that. First, we need public comment on the president's report. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Your general manager's report. So now we're going to take um, public comment on the president's report. Is there anyone? This isn't general public comment, just on the president's report itself. Yeah? Do you have comment? 
this is commenting on the things that I commented on. Okay, we'll <laughs> we'll get you on the general public. Okay, comment. and is there okay? And there are no there are currently no callers right now. So seeing no public comment, public comment is closed, and we're going to just go backwards a little bit because we missed item that was item three. Item two is continuation of remote meetings. So we'll need a um, an action on that. Uh, so the chair would entertain a motion to uh, so adopt the resolution. Moved. Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. So moved. Thank you. Uh, again, I wanted to say something before. I'm sorry, Larry. Um, I wanted to ask, is this something that we have to keep voting on, even though it's been lifted by the governor, the well, state of emergency? I, I think his state of emergency has a date in January that it ends. Ah, okay. March. Like I said, February. March. <laughs> February. Okay. All right. Thank you. Every 30 days, as long as we have anything remote, like our committee meetings, I right. think, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We are now on item four, general manager's report. Good morning, commissioners and public, half of whom I cannot see as I hide behind the TV here. Um, I will be providing the general manager's report today. And I'm happy to announce that our promenade play days are in full swing. As you know, the JFK promenade quickly became a beloved feature of Golden Gate Park. And since our art installations and other fun features have been added over the last few weeks, the promenade has been buzzing with extra energy. As part of promenade play days, JFK has been transformed with street murals, colorful entrances, the doggy diner heads, uh, and other installations, chairs for lounging, public pianos, and a beer and wine garden. Additionally, um, the promenade has food trucks and our usual attractions like Lindy in the park and skating place. Later this month, on Friday, October 28th, the Halloween haunt on JFK in Golden Gate Park <laughs> is happening. <laughs> Thank you for the laugh. Um, is happening from 3 to 9 p.m. The free event is for all park goers, park goers of all ages, excuse me, to enjoy haunted houses, live entertainment, food trucks, spooky decorations, and other attractions. As a note, we are as always, looking for volunteers to help with our, uh, our events. So commissioners, feel free to come out and join us as guests or as cookie decorators. Uh, the response to these new features on the promenade has been overwhelmingly positive, positive with many uh, families and children flocking to see them. Although you may have heard, uh, the We Are a Native Land mural was vandalized sometime on late Thursday, early Friday. Volunteers quickly rallied, uh, bringing the mural back to its original state by Friday evening. Reckon Park stands by the organizations that made this mural possible, Illuminate, the American Indian Cultural District, and, and mural artist Rachel Zenerod. This hateful act has no place in our city or our parks, as our parks are for everyone. Now we'll uh, talk about Stowe Lake and Supervisor Melgar's resolution, which was introduced last Tuesday, um, urging this commission to remove the name Stowe Lake uh, from the Lake Drive and Boathouse in Golden Gate Park, um, and to rename these locations to a name that reflects San Francisco's expressed values of celebrating diverse diversity. The Jewish Community Relations Council of San Francisco is assisting in this naming process with a pro bono attorney who will help guide the community process, and we look forward to continuing to work with Supervisor Melgar on this effort. 
And finally, I have uh, reports of many beautifications and renovations to share with you. Earlier this month, Rec and Park and the San Francisco Children in Nature Network, along with partners rebuilding together San Francisco Department of Public Works, Friends of OMI, Swinnerton Builders, and the California Native Plant Society held two community build days at Randolph Bright Mini Park and Brotherhood Head Mini Park. These events saw over 80 volunteers turn out, as well as the district supervisor, Asash Safai. The events focused on beautification projects, such as the addition of a nature play space at Randolph Bright Mini Park, as well as artwork, mulch, landscaping, and improvements at both parks. The, these improvements made a big impact for the surrounding community, which rely on their neighborhood mini parks to provide much needed outdoor play areas and gathering spaces. In addition, as we've discussed this morning, the Japanese Tea Garden in Golden Gate Park held a celebration for the completed renovation of the garden's iconic pagoda. The famed 107-year-old pagoda is one of the last surviving structures from the 1915 World's Fair, and it serves as an integral feature of the garden, the oldest municipal Japanese garden in the United States. Renovation work included replacing rotten or damaged wood, reshingling the structure's five rubes, roofs, restoring its vibrant color, adding traditional bells, and decorative handrails. One significant component of the project, all the carpentry, roofing, and, um, and masonry work associated with the pagoda was completed in-house uh, by Rec and Park Structural Maintenance Crew. Also, this Monday, uh, October 24th, Rec and Park will hold a celebration for the reopening of the Waller Street Skate Park, located along the Stanion Edge at the east end of Golden Gate Park. This skate park has been undergoing renovation over the last month, and the renovations include acrylic resurfacing of the entire area, improved landscaping, and updated skate elements to better serve skaters of all levels. We have a busy week next week. The following day on Tuesday, October 25th, we will hold a groundbreaking for the Hearst Playground in the city's Visitation Valley neighborhood. The playground is slated for a $3.5 million renovation as part of the Let's Play SF initiative and will include two new play areas, new slides and swings, a large play tower, a climbing wall, landscaping, picnic tables, benches, a new fountain, and ADA improvements. Just last week at India Basin, the Environmental Protection Agency Deputy Administrator Janet McCabe visited the 900 Innis site, which is the future site of the India Basin Waterfront Park. She was joined by the EPA Pacific Southwest Region Administrator Martha Guzman. Both EPA leaders were delighted to see the cleanup and environmental radiation, excuse me, remediation at the site has been completed and the park's construction is underway. As you recall, they contributed significant funding to the cleanup of uh, the 900 in a site. Also at India Basin this past weekend, Ruckin Park held Fall Fest at India Basin Shoreline Park, inviting District 10 families to enjoy kayaking, a pumpkin patch, live entertainment, free food, a resource fair, a car show, and many other activities. As India Basin Waterfront Park becomes closer and closer to becoming a reality, events like these strengthen to serve our ties with the Bayview-Hunters Point neighborhood and create more opportunities for collaboration and input in the park. That concludes the general manager's report. Thank you very much. Is there any public comment in room 416 on the general manager's report? Okay. Seeing none, do we have any callers? Uh, oh. Somebody. There was a gentleman. Uh, on the general manager's report, specifically. Okay. Come on up.
Hi, Robin Levitt here. I just wanted to say I love the doggy diner sculptures. And thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. President Buell, do we have a certificate for Sarah as well? <laughs> for performance beyond the call of duty? Seeing no other commenters in person or on our line, public comment is closed. Great. We are now on item five, general public comment. No, sorry. Now's your time. <laughs> Should have had you just stay here. Come on up. Getting your steps in today. Robin Levitt again, uh, here to talk about the page in Laguna Mini Park. I'm a 30-year resident of Hayes Valley, lives around the corner from it. I just presented uh, petitions to the clerk signed by over 200 neighbors and park users concer concerning its renaming. For nearly two years following her death in October 2020, Rudy DePrima of Richmond, California has spearheaded an effort to rename the park in honor of his mother, Diane DePrima, a renowned poet who lived nearby decades ago. Besides being concerned about the appropriation and transformation of our neighborhood park into a shrine for Miss DePrima, neighbors who signed these petitions opposed the idea primarily because by all accounts, she had minimal involvement with it and the community when she lived there. Instead, we feel if the park is to be renamed consistent with rec and park guidelines, it would be more appropriate to name it after someone who contributed to the park and the neighborhood. I believe you received an article that appeared in the Hayes Valley Voice about Shelley Burton, who for 25 years until her death in 2013, lived a block from the park. Shelley, a cab driver from Dayton, Ohio, was a community activist who in the 1990s played an important role in the neighbor's neighborhood's effort to get rid of the Central Freeway. She also participated in the redesign of the park, which was rebuilt in the 1990s, and afterwards volunteered as its first garden coordinator. Shelley loved the park and for years worked tirelessly to beautify an improvement. As Patricia Walkup, also a neighborhood activist for whom Patricia's Green is named, used to say, ordinary people can, can accomplish extraordinary things. Naming the park after Shelley Burton would serve to honor the many ordinary people who have done so much extraordinary work over the years to improve Hayes Valley. The park is a neighborhood gem that serves as a tranquil oasis, as well as an important focus and gathering spot for the community. Thank you. We plan to work with staff on this issue and hope it, when it comes before the commission, you will act positively on this proposal. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Anyone else in room 416 that would like to speak during general public comment? Morning, Commissioner, staff, um, David Robinson. I live on Page Street, a few houses up from the, um, the mini park that Robin mentioned. Uh, use it uh, probably two or three days uh, a week, a day, excuse me, two, three times a day with my dog. Um, and uh, the neighbors all around um, support um, this decision, um, if renaming it at all. It should uh, be for someone who really gave back to the community, particularly that uh, 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 mini park in our neighborhood. So thank you for consideration. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, seeing no further public comment in room 416, do we have anyone on our line who has their hand raised? No callers, okay. Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. 
We are now on item six, the consent calendar. Commissioners, comments, questions? I move that we accept the items on the consent. I'll second it. Been a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 So moved. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Oh, I needed to take public comment on the consent calendar, so oh, I apologize. I know we have someone here who'd like to speak. <laughs> Come on up, Richard. On the consent. Oh, right, on the consent yeah, calendar. Yeah, Come on up, Richard. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioners. I'm Richard Harris with the uh, San Francisco Public Golf Alliance. This is another uh, youth sports matter. We're here to support the, uh, the lease uh, to the uh, San Francisco First Tee and its affiliated organization. Uh, we sent you a detailed letter. Uh, one of the issues that we have had with the department for four years uh, is the uh, is the maintenance fee. There was, uh, there was uh, ambiguous language regarding the maintenance fee in the, uh, in the uh, agreement, and we requested a, uh, uh, an amendment of that language that it does not say the maintenance fee, rather it should say a portion of the maintenance fee. Uh, to make that clear that this is not, uh, that. Two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars does not go to thirty-five pieces of uh, outdoor furniture. Uh, we uh, I, we have co corresponded with uh, Dana Ketchum on that on the seventeenth and the eighteenth. Uh, they were copied to you. You have that correspondence, um, and we believe that uh, our letter makes quite clear that that uh, the, the outdoor furniture being, being uh, spoken of uh, is 35 pieces of outdoor furniture. Uh, the maintenance fund has somewhere between 250 and 300, and, and by the time that it is uh, completed, uh, it'll be well over $300,000. So uh, we request that you make that uh, clear that this is a portion of the maintenance fund. Uh, this maintenance fund issue, we've corresponded with you before. You will probably hear more from us about it in the future. But right now, we're just focused on this term. And we ask for that, uh, that very slight amendment, uh, which we believe uh, Dana Ketchum's correspondence is in agreement with. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. Is there anyone else in the room that wanted to speak on the consent calendar? Okay. And then I know we do have... Co um, okay. No callers with their hands raised. So public comment is closed. I'd like to raise my hand. You wanted to raise your hand? I would like to raise my hand now. You're recognized, Commissioner. <laughs> um, I'm going to need a point of clarification on this. Um, can I ask Sarah to speak on this? Sure. What, what do you want? I don't understand what we're supposed to do now. If we have this on the consent calendar, I don't know if this amendment that Richard has mentioned is incorporated in it or if you guys are done discussing it? Like, where are we on this? So Dana Ketchum uh, is on the line and available to answer any questions that you may have. She responded to uh, Mr. Harris's letter uh, and addressed that, but I'll let her speak and, and answer any clarifying questions. Can we arrange that? Um, yeah, Dana's here. Sure. I'm here. Okay, Dana, can you answer the question about Richard Harris's issue? 
Yes, um, of course, we are only going to use the portion of the maintenance fee next necessary to cover those expenses. There is more maintenance fee money than we would need for those expenses. And I reassured Richard that we would um, not use more. And in fact, that the final agreement, because this is just a term sheet, uh, will include language with more specifics in it. I will furnish him a copy. He will have an opportunity to see it. Um, you know, it just says we will use the maintenance fund. It didn't say we will use all of the maintenance fund. It just, it was a term sheet. So it sounds like we don't have to go back and take this out of the consent calendar. It can remain as is, and we already approved it. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Okay, we are now on item seven, the San Francisco Zoo. I know we have Chris Connors here in the WebEx who's going to be presenting, so I believe TV is going to make him a panelist. Hi, Chris. Good morning. So we can see you, and you should be able to share your screen now, and I'll let you know when we see it. All right. Okay, we can see your screen. All right. Wow. Modern technology. Okay, thank you for having me. If you could um, just um, speak up a little bit or speak yes. closer to the microphone. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. It's just a little um, quiet. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can adjust <laughs> my... <clears throat> what about now? That's, that's a little better. All right. Uh, so my presentation is going to include uh, construction projects that have taken place over, this, over the current year that have been completed, uh, as well as ongoing projects, and then <clears throat> a few slides on some future uh, projects that are in the pipeline. Um, one of the goals here at the zoo is to, where we see opportunities to create larger spaces for existing animals. Um, we found there was a uh, exhibit adjacent to the Asian rhino exhibit that had uh, been fallow for a number of years. It was really old, too small for any new animals. So the decision was made to uh, open up the wall uh, adjacent to this exhibit and give our white rhino an, a, an additional space. So if you look in the middle, you can see where we opened up that concrete wall. Uh, this is a view of the new space, uh, which included uh, reactivating the pool to the right, uh, as well as uh, a bed of wood chips. <clears throat> uh, we recently got a second Komodo dragon uh, to make uh, combinations for us to have two Komodo dragons out on exhibit at the same time. Uh, we covered this empty outdoor exhibit uh, that is a combined solid roof and mesh roof. Komodo dragons love to bask in the sun. Uh, so on sunny days, we'll be able to open up the doors and let our Komodo dragon out for sunbathing. Uh, we recently received a pygmy hippo. If you didn't know, there are pygmy hippos. So uh, this past year, we sent our large Nile hippo to Cincinnati uh, to uh, mate with uh, the famous Cincinnati hippo, uh, who was a, a viral, uh, she was a social media star. Uh, so we decided to bring in pygmy hippos instead, and we have our first pygmy hippo 
and we have created a temporary exhibit. We make accommodations for a permanent exhibit for not only this pygmy hippo, but his future mate. Uh, so we took the old Nile hippo exhibit and created solid walls, which are both uh, plastic, plexiglass, and wood, because uh, the pygmy hippo is small enough that he would have run right through these, uh, these wires, so we couldn't let that happen. Uh, as you know, we do a lot of conservation work uh, regionally uh, with outside agencies. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, conservation animals that we work with is the yellow-legged yellow spotted frog. Uh, and our uh, wellness and conservation team asked for an addition so that we could bring in additional animals. So just like you would put an addition on your house, we put an addition on our, on our frog room. Uh, kind of boring, but yep, that's what it looks like. Uh, eventually this will have tanks and, and, and other types of equipment to house our yellow-legged frogs. Um, in addition to animal exhibit improvements, uh, we uh, needed to uh, upgrade our uh, building that houses our famous uh, historic carousel. Uh, this building was uh, rotting uh, due to it sinking, actually, if, if you don't know this, but the zoo, zoo is on sand, and uh, over time, things tend to sink. And so because of the sinking, the rainwater was actually pitching back into this building, and the building was acting like a sponge. So we hired a contractor to come in and replace all the doors and, and the walls and the windows. Uh, we put a new uh, uh, um, uh, gutter system and drainage system uh, on and around this building, and we now will hope that this building will last another 100 years. Uh, the, other, the other addition uh, was we decided to bring in a second locomotive. Our little puffer train locomotive is over 100 years old, uh, historic in his own right, uh, but in order to maximize and extend his life, we have decided to bring in a second locomotive, which we will alternate with our little puffer train. So we haven't figured out the schedule yet, but it could be every other day type of thing. Uh, the train barn that houses the uh, little puffer was not large enough to house two locomotives. So again, we put on an addition, nothing sexy here, but we needed a, we needed a covered space for our second locomotive. Uh, the other thing that we decided to do is that when the, the locomotives are uh, in their barn or locomotives in their barn, uh, we noticed that kids were jumping through the bushes to peer through the windows at our locomotive. So we decided to remove the bushes and actually make a viewing pavilion. So this is still under construction. We're, we're planning on putting in new windows. But now instead of the kids going over the fence and through the bushes, they will have an easy paved covered location so that when the train is not in operation, they can peer through the window and look at the train. Uh, again, uh, in the goal of creating larger spaces, spaces for existing animals, uh, if you've been to the zoo, uh, the lion house has four outside grottos on the outside, and we decided to knock down finger wall in between each, each of the two grottos. So basically, we took four small grottos and we created two large grottos. So if you look past our female lion, you can see a a wall that has a gray color to it. That is uh, basically capping off where we knock down the finger wall, uh, creating one large grotto. That one is completed. 
and we are currently about to complete the second uh, knockdown of the other finger wall so that we will now have two larger grottos for the cats. Uh, the decision was just made to bring in two female lionesses, which we'll be getting from another zoo. So we're in the process of the permitting process for that right now. Um, uh, that completes the projects that we are that we have completed. The ongoing project and the biggest one is the uh, Madagascar project. Uh, this will be conducted in two phases. Uh, the first phase is a, a replica of a, of a baobab tree, the type of baobab trees that you would see in Africa and in Madagascar. And not only is it a replica of a tree, but it's also an animal exhibit. So inside the tree, as you walk in, you will see five uh, small uh, exhibits. These are tanks that will house, house everything from uh, invertebrates like scorpions and hissing cockroaches to uh, small amphibians. Uh, the second part of phase one is a uh, an outside exhibit that will host our FUSA. FUSA are an animal indigenous to Madagascar. Uh, they are kind of a cross between a weasel uh, and a small cat, uh, and they actually feed on lemurs. Of course, we will not be putting lemurs in this exhibit. The lemurs will be adjacent. Uh, but once completed, we will have a male and a female FUSA uh, that will live in this, <coughs> excuse me, in this Ashton exhibit. Uh, here's another view. Still under construction. It will include, of course, landscaping once completed and a climbing structure. Uh, this is a lower level. There's actually two levels to this exhibit. So there'll be a, a, a faux tree, if you will, inside this exhibit so that the FUSA can climb up and down. So depending on where they are, <coughs> we'll guess and have an opportunity to see them either on the second level or at the ground level. We hope to have this phase one completed by the end of next month. Uh, so stay tuned for an update on that. Um, the other uh, project that's in the pipeline is Andean Condor. We actually have two Andean Condor that have been off exhibit for a number of years. Um, we had a sea lion exhibit. We worked with the Marine Mammal Center for years, uh, bringing in rescued sea lions. These were mostly blind sea lions, um, but uh, the sea lions uh, eventually passed away and the decision was made not to bring in additional sea lions because of the age of this old exhibit. Uh, so we decided to uh, move forward with converting it into an Andean condor exhibit. So the first phase is completed. We've actually filled in the old sea lion pool. Uh, we are working with our architect right now. This is a, uh, one of the architectural drawings uh, of this exhibit. Uh, and once completed, it will have a, a faux rock wall with perching a meshed in enclosure and you will actually come and actually see these condors in flight. So uh, the plan is to have this completed by next year, and we are currently in the fundraising process for that right now. Um, the other thing that we're working on is a, a master plan update, uh, and one of the things that's driving our master plan update is the closing of the Great Highway. Um, so uh, in the lower left-hand corner, one of the ideas that we have is to actually take our current parking lot and uh, use half of it for a new uh, ocean conservation center that could include polar bears, it could include sea lions. Uh, so these are the things that we're looking at right now. Uh, but to make up for the lost parking, you can see to the right, and again, this is just a working drawing right now, uh, we would considering uh, putting in a new access portal to the zoo 
that you would, you would park on the south side uh, off off the uh, off the uh, either the um, skyline. Uh, we're still working with that with with architect and the city. Uh, but one of the ideas is to create a second parking lot, and folks would walk in through an overhead bridge into the zoo. But again, this is in the very early stages of that project. And that is my presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I know we have a hand raised on our line. Is there anyone in the room who would like to comment on the San Francisco Zoo report? Okay, seeing none, let's open the line to our caller. You'll have two minutes to speak. Oh, good morning, commissioners. My name's Richard Rothman, and this is basically what I said at the Joint Zoo Committee meeting. Um, I was disappointed in the presentation that he didn't, Mr. Connor didn't talk about the Mothers Building now that it's a city landmark and we got funding from Supervisor Maher and Melgard to do an economic study. And I would hope, and we didn't meet Jane Tobin, myself, and Rec and Park staff had the meeting uh, to come up with an economic plan for reopening the zoo. And uh, we hope that the zoo would be partners with us in trying to uh, reopen the building and come up with an economic plan and how to open this float entrance to it. And um, so uh, that's all I have to say is uh, we hope that the, rec that the zoo uh, would send a representative to our meetings and uh, that we could all work together to open this wonderful building. And also the zoo needs to recognize it on their maps that this is the mother's building and there needs to be a plaque or a sign uh, uh, saying to do visitors the importance of this building and the uh, murals inside and that uh, the city is working to reopening the building. It's time to start celebrating this beautiful building. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Do we have any other hands raised? Okay, seeing no further pu public comment, public comment is closed. We're now on item eight, Golden Gate Park Middle Lake Rehabilitation Contract Award. Okay. Good morning, commissioners. Good morning. Director Madland. Um, I'm excited to be coming back to you to present the Golden Gate Park Middle Lake uh, Rehabilitation Project. Uh, the, my name is Alex Schicknecht. I'm a project manager with Capital Division. Um, the agenda item before you is discussion and possible action to award a construction contract for the Golden Gate Park Middle Lake Rehabilitation Project in an amount not to exceed $5,640,555 uh, for the base scope to Bauman Landscape and Construction Incorporated. So we received two bids and excited to learn that the Bauman bid was uh, the, our low bid and low enough to put the project within range um, <clears throat> with your approval. We'll be uh, moving forward with this project real soon. So I presented this at committee, and I believe most of you are aware of the project, uh, but at a basic high level, Middle Lake is one of three lakes in a chain uh, in Golden Gate Park along Chain of Lakes Drive, that, uh, which drains from South Lake to Middle Lake to North Lake 
along the Fulton side. Uh, the lake doesn't hold water currently, so any water that's put in right now drains uh, immediately into the sand, and it's actually dry right now because of that reason. Um, the lake and surrounding area are also choked with invasives, and the trail system around it is really rough and dilapidated and essentially a, a sand path. So the project is to dredge and deepen the lake, um, which, will, which will keep invasives out, hopefully, for a while, um, install an aeration system uh, to improve the water quality, add a clay liner so that it holds water again, um, remove invasives from the lake and from the surrounding landscape, and improve accessibility and visibility in the surrounding area by resurfacing the perimeter pathways and installing uh, new seating and signage around it. Um, so we're really excited to make this beautiful corner of the park uh, more beautiful once again. Um, a note on the project labor agreement, citywide PLA, uh, that this is one of our first PLA projects, so uh, we're excited to be learning through the process and going through that uh, with this project. And I'll be initiating our pre-construction meeting on that with OLSE uh, with your approval um, today, real soon. Uh, another note about the tree removals for the scope. Uh, we've issued a separate small contract to complete the tree removals, part of the demolition and restoration effort, uh, which will likely start with your approval in the next couple of weeks. And so we're starting this early to avoid the bird nesting season. Um, and with that, staff, staff recommends that the commission award a contract uh, for the Golden Gate Park Middle Lake Rehabilitation Project in amount not to exceed $5 million $640,555 for the base scope contract to Bauman Landscape and Construction Incorporated. And uh, thank you for your time. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. I'm looking here. Uh, Joe, uh, Commissioner Hallisey has a question. Yes. Uh, do you want to take public comment first? Yep. I don't mm. probably have any, but I just want to. I think I'd rather take Commissioner Hallisey's question first. Thank okay. you. Uh, thank you very much for your report. Um, I know that Chain of Lakes Drive has become a main thoroughfare now, going from the Sunset to the Richmond and, and vice versa, sure. with the other closures in the park. Do you anticipate, with approval, when this work will start? And if so, will Chain of Lakes be blocked off at any time, which will limit access going back and forth north to south there? So there will be large construction equipment that will have to come in and out of that area. Mm -hmm. um, we don't anticipate actually having to block off Chain of Lakes Drive okay. uh, for long periods of time. And obviously we, we would try to avoid, uh, if, if it does have to be blocked off for any reason, which I, I don't anticipate. And just to be clear, I'm in favor of this work and this project, sure, sure. but I'm just curious. I'm, I'm trying to think of what listeners and viewers might be thinking, because I know <laughs> that that has become very busy the last few years. Right. Um, well, so like I mentioned, the, the tree removal is part of this project. could happen real soon. Okay. And we've directed those contractors to go in and out of the lake at, at one location along Chain of Lakes Drive to pass, to pass over the path there. Um, but they won't be stopping in the middle uh, of the street or anything. They'll just be, they'll be using a flagger, flagger to turn into the lake um, in, in and out and to avoid causing any uh, disruptions to pedestrians. Very along good. the way, and then uh, we'll we'll try to do our best for the same. I know the you will. Construction project. All right, thank you. Um, all right, so um, you guys can see the staff recommendation on page one thirty-eight. So could I have a motion? 
and a second. Are you going to do public? Oh, I thought you said there was nobody. Okay, I'm taking public comment from the absentee public commenters now. Would anybody <laughs> like to comment? <laughs> okay. There's nobody on the line. Hearing none, public comment is closed. I will entertain a motion. We heard this in committee, and uh, I'm definitely in favor of this project, so I'd like to make a motion that we approve it. Second. I have a motion and a second. All in favor state aye. 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 Any opposed? It is approved. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Do we have, uh, like We're now on item nine, general public comment. At this time, if there are any members of the public who would like to address the commission that did not address the commission on item five, on items that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the Park Commission and that do not appear on the agenda, now is the time. Seeing none in room 416, and none on our line. We have no public comment. Public comment is closed. We are now on item 10, Commissioner's Matters. Would anyone like to bring up matters for the future? Any future items? Okay, Commissioner Louie. Um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, I don't know if you know, but I am a survivor. And uh, I had the pleasure of being uh, called into the to the Park Ranger headquarters uh, last week um, by Chief Murphy and um, Park Ranger Marcus Santiago. And um, I brought today, and they they gave you um, because they too our our wonderful Park Rangers um, is observing Breast Cancer Month. They wear this patch on their uniform for a month. And they have so for many years. Um, so they learned through just this past year that I'm a survivor and they each have a patch for you. Oh. SFGovTV, can you put this photo up on the screen, please? Oh, oh nice. Yeah, so they, ga they gave me a patch and they have patches for all of you too. And so uh, um, they also have t-shirts that say uh, Park Ranger, Brecken Park, and they're bright pink. Oh, good. So I'm gonna pick those up for you. Thank uh, you, thank you. We'll have those by the next meeting. But today we're going to give out the, the um, breast cancer patches and they're wonderful, wonderful rangers. Um, a lot of their wives and daughters and sisters are breast cancer survivors too. So here, here, Park Rangers. Excellent, nice. Any other comment? I'll add a comment. So my sister, Lisa Becker, and I um, participate in three-day walks. She is about to participate in one down south soon because we lost our cousin Donna at age 51 to a very virulent form of breast cancer a number of years ago. So thank you for this, Vanita. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all those who support our breast cancer warriors during their struggles and who champion them when they beat this thing and we will beat it thank you I'd like to say something Larry Commissioner Louie uh, thank you for first of all for bringing this to us but I just got to personally say I am so glad you're a survivor <laughs> love you dearly <laughs> That's very nice. Agreed. Okay. 
Um, I don't see any other commenters, so we can move to the next matter. Okay, we're now on item 11, new business agenda setting. Anything from the commissioner? I, I want to put, uh, it's for discussion, but either in the November or December meeting, I want to honor our, recognize we have a champion fly fisher woman, and I'm gonna <clears throat> talk about this with Mark and Phil, and, and I'll let you know, but it's gonna be one of those. We'll see if we can get her, she's in college in Seattle right now, so. You know, before my back went out for many years, I was a fly fisherman. Oh. Loved, loved it. And we have beautiful uh, casting ponds. Yeah, out at the in Angler's Lodge. In Golden Gate Park that were built during the, uh, I think it was WPA, wasn't it? Uh, during the Depression. And they're, they're world, they're, they're classic. They're world famous. There is even a section of the ponds where you go back and stand where the water is this deep and you can cast, but you're not in water, you're just on a little pathway, but you practice casting like you're standing up to here in water and it really comes in handy. Um, I miss it. <laughs> we want you to bring props to the next <laughs> Commissioner Griffin. Can I cast props. across? Yes, yeah. you can cast across the room. <laughs> Yeah. All right, any other comments on item 11? Hearing none, let's go on to 12. Anything to discuss there? Anything we should know, Ashley? All right, Ashley, do you want to call for adjournment? Yeah, seeing no further comments, we are now on item 13, adjournment. Uh, can I have a motion and a second for the adjourn? So moved to adjourn. And a second? Second. All those in favor, state aye. Aye. All right. Is there anything Any, to discuss, Ashley, with the, I mean, I guess we're uh, adjourned now. Are you speaking an objection or are you voting for no, adjournment? No, I was curious about item 12. <laughs> we kind of went right past it without there was, giving me a chance to ask a question. Okay. Uh, Ashley? Yep. Is there anything that we should know in any of those communications? Um, you've received all of them. Um, and so if you have questions, you can relay them to me and, and we can discuss it with staff. Um, those are included okay. on, on every month. Anything that came to you in email or the physical mail, we record there, and then um, members of the public can ask for copies of that, and staff usually also inquires about certain things that come up there. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. All those in favor and adjournment, state aye. 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 We are adjourned at 11.16 a.m. Thank you. Thank you.